Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we are uh, in the midst of looking at another uh, set of mysteries mm-hmm. for uh, the, the the rosary. Luminous. Oh, these are the luminous mysteries. Uh, and so this is exciting because... Uh, these are newer, you know, relative to the church. These are, you know, brand new uh, sets of mysteries. And um, today we're talking about the third luminous or third mystery of light. And uh, this is the proclamation of the kingdom to the Gospels. Now, I'm going to just venture out and say, I mean, this is a perfectly fine mystery. Uh, and and also a lot of people. Well, when I when I, when, when, I, when I looked at it, you know, so when I when I looked at it, you know, when I first saw these mysteries, I thought, well, that's kind of lame. Now, I, just hold on before you start getting your you're getting your notepad out and you're going to write a nasty letter. I am. It's going to be done. It's going to be done by the end. No, of the I just thought, like what I, what I mean by that is like that's kind of obvious, isn't it? It's just kind of like it's a no brainer. It's just. Yeah. We're just saying it. Oh, by the way, Jesus saves. You know, it's like, you know, there's something profound that can be at the heart of it. But at first, it just sounds like it's not very challenging. It's not. It's um, proclamation of the kingdom. You know, by, and most people kind of skip over it. Like, what's so mysterious about that? Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus had a message for us, and basically, Jesus wanted that message to be heard by everyone. And so, what's the big deal, mm. right? So, if we're looking at this mystery. Um, but I think what we want to do today, though, is kind of not turn it on its ear, but really dive into it to the point where you suddenly realize, you know, the proclamation of the kingdom is a big dot deal. Oh, yeah. it, it really is. And it really actually should be very challenging to us, mm-hmm. right? Because the, 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 the gospel itself, you know, was was shared with a world that was in dire need of the gospel. And, yeah. and so that that means that the world would like, probably reject it at its core because you know we we're we're you know inclined to sin right our concupiscence well i mean jesus said that the world would hate us first right and and or the world hated him first and uh that our faith is at enmity with the world and the maxims of the world you know that's something that's been repeated by the saints over and over again including saint louis de montfort who's a favorite of mine and you know the fact of the matter is you know there is a lot of people who you, you we are we hearing from the pulpit, oftentimes, like the hard stuff to hear? I start every homily with, you sinners. <laughs> I start, it's just, I don't know why, it's just a thing I do. Well, I mean, well first of all, like, there's, I think there's, there's, like, let's ask ourselves, there's some social issues that we know about, statistically high social, you know, domestic violence, for example, is super common, like frighteningly common, 10, 25% uh, based on different numbers that I've seen statistics-wise, um, uh, Drug abuse, alcoholism, um, you know, opiate abuse, uh, all of these things. Uh, the pornography. Okay, these are like statistically speaking across all demographics. Literally in every parish, this is these things are problems. These are things that are not being preached on, right? So I, I we, we don't want to have a blanket, you know, no, yeah, yeah, over yeah. every. They're not every, getting preached I've, on a lot. I've yeah, heard yeah. some good homilies. Oh sure, I, I really have some good heard some good challenging homilies. But I will agree with you that there is a tendency. 
for uh, priests and deacons um, when they're preaching to sort of preach to the congregation knowing that there are uh, there are ordinary folk out there who are struggling with this in, in, a, in a great way, but at the same time, there's little kids and there's sure. and there's uh, grandma and grandpa and, and it's just like a, this sort of like a, a large array of people in front of them, and so there can be a tendency to sort of tone down the message, uh, you know, and you'll say things like you know treating another person in an unholy way. And that's supposed to mean something, you know, uh, that's code, really re- yeah. code for pornography or or whatever, or sexual assault or abuse or things like that. Oh, yeah, rape is another issue. I, I know. So yeah. we, we talk about there are people that do that, but but there is a tendency, and and I think that uh, I've I've also while I've heard some really good homilies, that's like you know that's like my pinky finger when I'm counting with ten fingers and ten toes. Yeah, it's yeah. like I'm just I'm hearing a few of those. But for the most part, I shouldn't say that. That's that's awful judgmental on my because I preach too, and I try to to challenge people. That's that's what I I, I just I want to do that because I feel like well, what's the point of me standing here with a microphone with a lot of people looking at me and listening? What is the point of that? And to me, it's this third luminous mystery, right? right? The procla- proclamation of the kingdom, right? And and so and I'm supposed to proclaim, and and I I just know that I've heard lots of homilies where. They're they're lovely Reader's Digest versions of kind of just kind of nice. They're little magazine articles. Well, well, something that's we've discussed on the show before is the difference between the consumer heart and a servant heart. You know, is our church is it catering to the consumer heart to try and keep butts in the seats and try to sell? We Jesus? don't say butts on the air. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not say that. Or or are we trying to form servant hearts? And and that requires great challenge, and that requires. Great sacrifice, and I hear what you're saying. You know, in terms of oh, well, you don't want to say stuff like that around the kids, but hey, there are there are opportunities for them to say, hey, we're going to have a session, we're going to discuss things just for the adults, or they could send out emails, you know, and say like, don't let kids, your kids, see this. That's not happening. It's right. not. Well, the, the, in general, I just, I guess, I want to, I want to say that I recognize the difficulty. Oh, sure, but I, I don't excuse folks for. Uh, choosing the, the the lighter path. Well, I, I guess what I'm getting at is, I, I mean, many of us now, a lot of us will disagree as to like why the church is in a crisis, right? Different people from different viewpoints will have different opinions as to what the crisis might be, right? But I think a lot of people from different viewpoints will agree there are crises in the church right now, right? Yeah. And, and I would ask, I, I think a challenge that we should ask ourselves is, you know, are we are we proclaiming the gospel and the way, as a church, are we are we are we hesitant to share the truth? But I guess first, are we hesitant to first receive the truth ourselves? Are we hesitant to allow ourselves to be challenged? Do we find ourselves wanting to go to Sunday mass so we feel good about ourselves, or that we walk out of there saying, "Man, I got to change," and "Man, I got I have a mission and that I need to follow," but I need to first make some changes in order to grow into that mission. Or even worse, Sam, I'll be honest with you: Do yeah. we go to mass? For whatever reason, we like we yeah. don't we don't even we don't ask ourselves why we go to mass, right? We go to mass because well we've always gone to mass. Oh, it's what we're supposed to do on Sunday morning. Or my family's always gone to mass. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and either uh, yeah, an obligation or uh, or just a sort of a nonchalant. Yeah, it's what we do. Box. 
and uh, and so so this is going to be a challenging episode. We're going to make sure that you are challenged in yeah. this episode. Yeah, and it may make you happy, may make you sad, uh, but the reality is, I, I think all of us need to. Uh, to challenge ourselves, allow ourselves to be challenged. Now, typically, we will we'll choose some fruits that we're we're going to sort of pray about and 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 that we desire to receive as we ponder these particular mysteries. And today, we kind of it's like a bonus episode. We have a couple of fruits. We have uh, a couple of different sets of fruits. And, and the first well, one, a challenge. yes, it is, it is. But but the first one is right to the heart of that challenging part: healing, conversion, and deliverance. Right, so so those are the, that's the first set of fruits we're going to talk about, right? So this idea that this is an ongoing, uh, that the gospels, when proclaimed, it's an ongoing conversion, right? Uh, Pope Saint John Paul II talked about being in a state of continuing conversion mm. that we're never there. We can't just keep going. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it's, it'd be like if you're in a car, you know, asking mom or dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Like kids will do. Can't rest. No. And, and so, so. We can't um, canonize ourselves, you're saying? No. <laughs> no. And, and honestly, the, when, when you get the answer, yes, are we there yet? You're dead. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> so, exactly right. So, you know, it's Which not. Means you can never rest. And that's right. not going to comfort the kids in the car. <laughs> you know, um, that, that said, um, this, this idea of. Continuing conversion. So this 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 fruit of conversion, the fruit of healing, is it's continuing ongoing healing and continuing ongoing deliverance. It never stops because the gospel never stops. The fruits of the gospel, the fruits of the uh, the proclamation of the kingdom, never stop. It's an ongoing flowing that that comes from um, uh, from the Lord. And so we have to look and, and we start to ask ourselves, right? So looking at those fruits, you know, it, where do I need healing? Right, and and sometimes immediately you go to the physical. Yeah, yeah. Right, we all we all we all can think of the That's ailments. Bad back. I'm 61 years old, you know, and so the arthritis is starting to creep in. Can't bend over as far as I used to. Things ache, and you know, uh, and it's just and I start think of like the things that my body needs to heal, but we don't often stop and think about you know where my my spiritual body is mm. and whether I'm I'm healthier or or not and where do I need healing have I been through damage or whatever and then also where do I just need conversion where have I gotten complacent and I really need to be uh, you know I'm being called by the Lord and am I answering that call uh, and certainly you know where do I need deliverance right am I being overcome by something and who is my deliverer and do I do I willingly accept deliverance? If the devil has a target on my back, what does that target look like? That's exactly you know? <laughs> right. So let's look at uh, let's look at this uh, the gospel uh, from from uh, uh, this would be the last week's gospel. But when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. You know, from that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? He, he, he was announcing, I mean, this is the gospel, mm-hmm. right? A light has arisen. And by the way, guys, I'm that light. 
right? And so I'm proclaiming to you. This is what Jesus did. And this is profound. So we, we do, we talk about the fact that Jesus was a little baby born in a manger. He was born to die, born to die for us. And then we go through, every year we go through Christmas in preparation to go through, uh, you know, a Lenten experience, but certainly the, the suffering death, the, the passion of our Lord uh, and his resurrection, mm. right? We, we, we do that. That's the proclamation of the kingdom. But, you know, it, it starts to look at, it's not, it's not just about uh, his suffering and death and resurrection, it is, but at the same time, wrapped up in that is this idea of the light being shown, mm. being proclaimed, right? That that Isaiah prophesies, and that that Jesus uh, essentially fulfills that that uh, that prophecy. So that we continue in that gospel. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along there from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went all around of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people." That's, that's, I mean, notice, I mean, we, we, we read that, and how many times do we hear this gospel or whatever? We talk about the calling of Peter and, uh, you know, and Simon, Simon and Andrew, and, and, and we, we hear that, and yet we skip over the part about, like, he went all around of Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. Right, we we, we kind of skip over that part, and going along with that, curing every disease, curing every disease and illness among the people is it goes hand in hand. Healing goes hand in hand with proclaiming the kingdom. That's right. And scriptures uh, constantly Je- part of Jesus' mission were was to to cure uh, th- those who were physically lame, or fi- those and even those who had died. Mm-hmm. Right, and so and so that's a sign for people. Uh, and, and it's that's closely the Jews had this right. They were closely connected the the ailments of the body and yeah. the ailments of the soul. Right. Remember, we we as, as as Catholics teach that we're body and soul. We're not a separate body and a separate soul. Right. Right. We're, so we're connected. So there's what's good for the body is good for the soul. What's good for the soul is good for the body, and vice versa. Right, and so it's important to see that this that that was part of what Jesus did, and that's part of that fruit of that healing that comes with the proclamation of the kingdom through the gospel. And like we were saying before, it's not just healing from you know physical ailments. Like if we go to the top of the gospel, uh, you know, he's quoting from Isaiah: "The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death." Which, of course, is the, the kingdom of, of death and sin, the kingdom uh, that the, the devil desires to reign over us. That on those dwelling in the land, overshadowed by death, light has arisen. And then it says, from that point in time on, Jesus began to preach and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is it near. So there's the kingdom of, like we've said in previous episodes, there's a cre- kingdom of, of, of sin and death. And then there's the, the kingdom of God. And that's what's being proclaimed here to yeah. us if we have ears to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, now I, I, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention what always strikes me uh, here, in, in this, especially in this passage uh, that, that comes next where he's talking about the calling of um, uh, Simon Peter, Andrew, and then James and John, the sons of thunder. You know, yeah. when we hear that, the, the, what strikes me about this 
every time I read it, I, I remark that as that as Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom, I mean, it, it, he says, you know, come after me, yeah, and I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, basically, just says, come follow me, right? And what do they do? They immediately drop everything. I mean, think about this for a second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not going to do that. No, normal people, if you're a fisherman, that's your boat. That that's your lifeblood. Right. Or you can't you can't live without your boat, your nets, uh, your whatever your fishing hole is, wherever you know. That's that's your bread and butter. That's how you live. Uh, and you just drop everything. Yeah, Zebedee's standing there. Yeah, it's like, son, what do you, dude, I was going to turn over my fishing business to Wait, you, what? sons. You know, what are you, what are you doing and, and why why are you doing that? It, and now we don't, there might have been a discussion. There might have been something that didn't get recorded in the Gospels. If I was Zebedee, I probably would have said a few choice words loud enough for Jesus to hear. Because maybe Zebedee didn't fully grasp and understand. Right. But then also maybe he did. Well, the the other thing to keep in mind, it's like there's another gospel uh, passage that, that captures the same moment. What does Peter do? He, he, he goes, depart me from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. He didn't say, depart from me, Lord, because I've got fish to catch and I'm trying to make money. It was that he saw. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so, you know, and. I think this also goes back to what we were talking about in terms of like healing, conversion, deliverance. You know, uh, there's two parts of this, right? Like there's what Jesus desires to do for us and what he desires to do through us, right? And I think that first, before, you know, you, you can't pour out what hasn't been poured in, right? So I think the first thing we have to do is just allow ourselves to, like, I, I would say, imagine this is the challenge I would make to all of our friends in radio land. Imagine you're in ancient Israel and Christ is walking among you and he's approaching you. You know, what would you say? You know, he's not come to condemn, but to save, but like, what do you need to be saved from? What do I need to be saved from? What do each of us need to be saved from? You know, St. Therese of Lisieux says the most difficult form of humility is patience with our own defects. You know, we all have defects. Jesus knows are defects. He sees them all. He looks upon you and all your sins and your defects with mercy. And he desires by his mercy to lift you out of your sins and heal your defects. He wants to be perfect as your heavenly father. I mean, he perfect. said that, and that's such a yeah. challenge yeah. when he says those words. Uh, and, and, you know, the reality is, Sam, as you're saying that, I, I, I sit and think about, like, um, you know, he, I don't know that I even stop and ponder my defects. I don't know that I stop enough and realize right. that I need to be saved. And that's something we can get complacent about. But we 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 need these fruits of healing, conversion, and deliverance. And we, we, we but we can't receive them if we don't recognize that we need them. And if we're not willing to step out into the light, yeah, you know, and and, and you know, and, and again, like you were saying before, maybe we, there's somebody in the audience who has a physical ailment, and we're not trying to to downplay that the importance of asking for. God's yes. help with that mm-hmm. too. People were saying, "Jesus, Master, heal us." Join in that throng as well. But what if there's a persistent sin? Yeah, that's a, that's a and that's very. I think that's very common. I just think it's common. Oh yeah, you, you can't look at the world and realize, you know, how big the pornography industry is, how big the drug, uh, the, how powerful the cartels are. There are lots of there's lots of persistent sin out there. Oh yeah, and sometimes the the the, the sin becomes so persistent that then we actually lose control. And even then, the, the, then the catechism will tell us like. You know, to some degree, you, you know, that sin has just turned you basically into, like, it, it just puts you in a spiritual coma. Mm. You can't even help yourself anymore. You, you need deliverance. Right. 
right? You need you need conversion. You need healing. Well, you know, because there could be, and I'm not trying to be scary here, but listen, when we sin, we are literally giving the devil rights to attack further into our life. You know, the devil the devil is the author of sin. You know, so when 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 we deliberately choose to commit serious sin, we are taking ourselves from God's kingdom and authority. And we're placing ourselves, basically, uh, when we're deliberately choosing sin, we're placing ourselves under the devil's authority. Yeah, I know. And that's that, and that, I know that's scary, and we don't want to talk about the devils around every corner and under every rock. But at the same time, there is a devil. The yeah. devil is real. And the, the, the devil is definitely, uh, he has been defeated by Jesus, right? Oh, yeah. He's been defeated by Jesus. And the only thing the devil can do to hurt God, really, is to take one of his loved ones away from him. Right. Right, and the, so the devil desires that, and you know, in this idea of this persistent sin, the idea that if you say we, we sort of give ourselves over to the devil's uh, reign when we when we when we when we let go of the reins, the devil takes over, and it's it's, it's like uh, imagine like a, if a, a bank, yeah, right, that just leaves the back door open at night, yeah, right. You might think, well, that's not a big deal, but you're opening yourself up to the robbers, yeah. Right? You're, 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 so every sin is like leaving the door open, unlocked. And then it's unopen. Then it's open. Then it's the front door. The next thing you know, it's like you're just handing out money, and all the money's gone. Well, I've, I've heard people Great say, analogy. "Are you opening portals of grace in your life, or portals of to hell yeah. in your life?" And I'm like, "Woo!" Right. <laughs> <You Right. know? laughs> so, but if, but if, think of it as chains. Like if you're Jesus is walking up to you, if you've got a persistent sin, Lord, I have got these chains. Break these chains, please, I beg of you. You know, because when the Son of Man sets you free, you are truly free. But if you're not willing to present yourself and your chains to him and say, I need these gone, they are going to remain. Yeah, and he, you know, he, and, and again, this idea of self-reflection, uh, you know, he, he can't heal you if you don't acknowledge your need for healing, right? So if you think, like, well, I don't need to be healed. Well, I don't think he's going to heal you. Yeah. Right? Because you're just, you're not, you're not receptive. He can't save you if you don't recognize your need to be saved. That's why this proclamation of the kingdom is so important that we actually hear that and we hear it as a challenge in our lives. Uh, And, you know, you mentioned the preaching, uh, but there's so many other ways in which people can reach other people to help them to to notice. It's not our job, right, for me to point at Tom and say, you need healing. You are a miserable, wretched sinner, Tom. He's nodding his head like, yeah, I know I am. But it's, but it's not about judgment. Right. It's about helping people uh, help people help themselves in recognizing, right? And and we start with our own selves, yep. right? Which we start with the second set. That's that's exactly right. So let's uh, let's 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 pray for his de- deliverance. Let's pray for this this deep conversion, this deep growth, uh, and and certainly the the, the healing that uh, that we need to ask him for. And let's take that into confession too. Amen. Right. That that's a sacrament of healing. It certainly is. Um, so let's just turn to our second set of fruits, right? And I'm just going to go ahead and jump the gun and, and talk about its apostolic graces, mm-hmm. right? So as we, um, uh, as it, it's not just about what Jesus is going to do for you, but it's like what what like what are you going to be able to do with 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 grace, right? In proclaiming the kingdom through the gospels, so many people uh, think that it stops there in the pew, mm. and we don't need more pew warmers. Yeah, we need those who are going to go there for right. I mean, just go there for and and t- teach the nations right and baptize and, and change the world. You are part of God's plan of salvation, 
Um, and so that's why we need these apostolic graces, that if we're built up in these graces and the, the, the gifts that Christ gives us, uh, then we share that with others, right? Then we become an instrument of healing, conversion, and deliverance. Think about that, you know, my buddy, our buddy, uh, John Edwards, you know, he went through a lot. Uh, if you don't know his conversion story, it's powerful. But the thing is, because he went through that conversion story, he, that experience, he can now become an instrument of healing for those who are going through that that part uh, of their lives as well. Well, it's something for us to remember. So, like when 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 Jesus is saying that to Peter and to Andrew, "Come, follow me. I'll make you a fishers of men." He's also saying that to each of us, and 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 so it's not just what Jesus can do for us, but what He can do through us. And some of us might say, "Oh gosh, I don't know if I can do that." Right? Like we were talking about before, like. Peter says, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. But here's the thing. Once we've addressed that these healing, conversion, deliverance, we're letting Jesus transform and change us. Let's remember the words of St. Paul. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So the question becomes, are we letting Christ live in us and through us? Or are we holding back? Uh, Because I think that whole passage that you had read, Deacon Jeff, we can also imagine Jesus in us walking out and preaching, repent for the end is near, going to people saying, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men, healing diseases. Like literally, folks, as a matter of faith, I invite everyone in Radio Land to receive the possibility that Jesus desires to do that in you and through you. That's right. He doesn't just want to call us. He does. He's calling us. But he's calling us to be part of the call to others. Yes. Right? This, is the pro- this is the challenge of the proclamation of the kingdom. It, it doesn't just end with you, with your ears, and get shut into your, your heart and soul and your mind. It, 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 it radiates out of you. Right? And that's the challenge that we all have to take up and, and, and realize that, 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 we'll be, uh, that he wants to heal others through you, teach others through you. He wants to comfort others through you. He wants to deliver others through you. And our participation in that, that's the challenge. That's what's really hard. And, and we, when we listen to, the, the, to our homilies, when we read our scriptures, when we interact with each other, we've got to recognize that Christ is calling each of us uh, to these th- these wonderful uh, fruits of healing, conversion, and deliverance, but then also calling us to then go out and call others to go there for. And the Eucharist is another sacrament that can help facilitate that. We mentioned confession earlier, but also, yes, go to confession, but then in the state of grace, receive Jesus and let Jesus alive in the we Eucharist are, in you. Yes, we are a living church with living sacrament, sacraments, with living divine grace poured out to us so that we can share that with everyone that we encounter. So this third uh, luminous mystery, this proclamation of the kingdom, so powerful. Uh, And let's ask our Blessed Mother to bless us on this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.